This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, time to talk travel. I'm Jane Klein, Sally Lucas with us again today and we're heading over to the other side of the world today. We are, back to my little favourite, France. Um, but I just thought we'd talk about barging holidays. And oh, let's go barging. Yeah, and I've never done it, but I must admit it does appeal. I think it would be a wonderful thing to do. It would be just so relaxing. And if you're doing a journey to Europe or France even, to incorporate a barge holiday in it, I think would just make a, a wonderful sort of... A, added extra to your holiday, especially if you've been rushing around, you know, sightseeing and tramping and whatever. So, yeah, I just want to talk about it because, again, at the moment, as we've mentioned in previous shows, we're having so many discounts at the moment and there's some wonderful discounts on barging as well on selected dates. you just got to check. Um, and at 40 and up to 50% in some instances. So, I mean, you really are getting a bargain now when you're doing this. And like everything, I mean, barge cruising is still cruising, so you're getting, again, that all-encompassing costs so it makes it I think a lot more attractive as well and just to give you an idea this is on the vessel Lorraine and um, it travels in through the Alsace and the Burgundy regions okay this is a typical day I just thought we'd just go through a typical day Um, you have a wake up at 7 30 see the sun breaking through the morning mist then you have a lovely buffet breakfast on deck at 8 15 then you're off your hop because they've all got tow paths along the side of the canal so there's paths there to walk and to ride bikes so then you you get on your bicycle which they provide and you go along a nice shady path and pedal into the into the little village to watch the morning hustle or markets that are happening um, and then you meet the barge at the next lock and, and reboard. Um, then you go and tour a centuries old winery and taste wine then you indulge in a lovely three course lunch provided by the barge's own French chef uh, which have got lovely local wines and cheeses and during that week you'll on the vessel you'll sample about 22 different wines as well just to let you know that then in the afternoon you might drive to a beautiful chateau um, and of course you're going through that wonderful beautiful French countryside en route to do that and then you get special access into that private chateau and time to wander the grounds um, then you'll return to the barge after a bit of sightseeing for enough time for just to have a lovely little aperitif on the sun deck um, then you have an elegant five course dinner um, you'll start with a soup and a main course and then you have a, um, a lovely they, of course no French meal is complete without cheese I mean it's cholesterol running through your veins but it's the most beautiful array of cheeses you'll ever see and I've never been so astounded as the array of cheeses you are presented with compared to our measly little cheese plates we get in Australia and the price we charge for them but that's another story but the cheeses in France are delightful of course and it is absolutely part of their meal they don't consider a meal complete without cheese of course you've got your regional wines and then you'll finish off with a beautiful dessert and then you might have a cognac on deck and then after that you might wander off the bar for an evening stroll through a village or pause for a nightcap somewhere or whatever. It's just all about relaxation, good food and wine, or you might just want to sit and read and have a book or talk to your fellow passengers. Um, and these vessels are beautiful vessels. They're lovely inside, like lovely timber and very, very quaint, if you like, I suppose, more as how you would describe them. But anything we've ever read about in praise of these trips has been absolutely wonderful. Like I've never seen a negative comment about barge cruising. So if you haven't, you know, got the time to do a full barge cruise, there are shorter ones. There are three-day ones out of some areas. It varies. You just need to check on that or four days if you don't have a full week. But it would be just a, a fabulous thing to do as part of your French travel 
And um, also, I just thought, Jane, while we're talking about doing things a little differently, there's a lovely trip you can do just moving across to another continent uh, in China, which is a rail journey, which goes um, starts in uh, Urumqi, which is right up in the northwest uh, in that Xinjiang Autonomous Region, which is close to Mongolia and so on. So this is a wonderful journey that takes you down uh, into Kashgar and on through to Turfan, which is the second lowest place on Earth other than the Dead Sea, and one of the hottest. Um, it's got the Flaming Mountains there, the Gaochang, and they, I think when I was there, it was about 52 degrees. My it, goodness. It's a very dry heat, but it's incredible. And this is where they have that incredible Carez or well system where they've invented so they can tap to water and they grow the best watermelons and grapes and in the middle of the desert. It's just amazing. Then you go on to Don Wang, which is really on, on the edge of the Gobi Desert, and you can ride a camel um, and so on. And you finish up in Siam, which is famous for the Terracotta Warriors, of course. Now, that's a nine-day journey, and the um, they've got January to June departures, um, which are a little cheaper, and then July to October. So there's plenty of there. All they need is a minimum of two people for the um, the tour to operate. So that's really something to consider if you're wanting to do the Silk Route, which is a fabulous thing to do. In a fairly personal way. Yes, absolutely. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7, thanks to our sponsor Travel World on King. And Sally Lucas, we're heading off to somewhere, think, steamy, tropical jungles... Yes. Interesting wildlife. People say Jurassic Park even. Even Jurassic Park. Even Jurassic Park. Let's go there. Let's go there. Now, it's very interesting where we're going to be talking about, which is Borneo, which is part of Malaysia, and Sabah in particular, and where they have an absolute plethora of wonderful wildlife that people may not be aware of. And also, it's an area that's not still on everyone's wish list and which makes it good in a way because it's it's not over commercial or over touristy but it has some of the most wonderful wildlife and ecosystems and if anyone can get the opportunity to get to Borneo it'd be a wonderful thing to do you can go there with Malaysia Airlines through Kuala Lumpur and on to Kota Kinabalu or you can also go with Royal Brunei Airlines through Brunei in that way um, the, the most regular route and the easiest really is to go through um, Malaysia because there's more availability of flights etc because they have daily services now the rainforests are of, of the malaysian borneo it's tarban t-a-b-i-n wildlife park and they say they're like a scene from jurassic park um wonderful mountains steep valleys flooding rivers um absolutely fantastic and what you've got there is some diminutive animals that they're, they're famous for like pygmy animals and uh, they have their top five or their big five or more accurately probably their little five which is the Borneo pygmy elephant a little Sumatran rhinoceros um, then the elusive clouded leopard now I didn't even know they had leopards to be quite honest with you in Borneo the creature looks absolutely beautiful the photo that I have of it here it looks looks like a big cat a bit like a cougar in a sense i suppose but it's spotted like a leopard and then they've got also the proboscis monkeys uh, the macaques the gibbon they've got sun bears um and they've got other leopard cats porcupines bear cats and the thing is that it's um the animal interactions are strictly monitored and they're guided tours and you have expert rangers taking you through these areas. And the other thing you can do in Borneo, of course, you can, you can do virtually a homestay, but you can stay in a longhouse. Now, a longhouse is built on stilts off the ground and it's like a long motel block, if you can imagine it. And a lot of families, up to six or seven families might live in this one longhouse, but they're divided, you know, into 
compartmented or into rooms if you like and you can stay with a family and eat with a family and do all that wonderful thing so you're really getting away from I guess the commercial side of doing things and it's not as far as Africa you're not seeing the same sort of animals as you're going to see in Africa but you are seeing as I said a plethora of animals and bird life which is would just be a wonderful thing to do and also as I said you've got um, things like mud volcanoes as well things you don't realise are, are in Borneo and also for those that are a little bit more adventurous you can climb of course Mount Kinabalu which is quite steep and quite a, a, a hectic climb to do um, out of Kota Kinabalu there's a lovely property called the um, Razaria Resort and it has an orangutan um, sanctuary right next door to it so guests at the Razaria get to visit the sanctuary inclusive of their stay at the Razaria and it's situated on a beautiful beach land and they've got you know you can hire kayaks and so on it's all very the, the ecotourism there is very important to them so everything's pristine and then you've got of course Sandakan which is famous in the in the Second World War, which you can visit. And you've got um, Sepalok, where they have the turtles, and you can go and see the turtles laying as well. So it's a very, very interesting part of Malaysia and one that you really should consider going to while it's still so beautiful and pristine. So put Borneo on your list of places next to visit, I think. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. We'll be back uh, talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.